This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Southend United nil, Wrexham nil, and I think we should probably be pretty pleased of that because Southend certainly had their chances to win it and it wasn't as fluent a performance as we've seen in the last couple of matches from Wrexham, but still, it's a good result because I think Southampton and uh, Southampton, Southampton are a decent side, Southend are a decent side too. They'll finish a lot higher up, I think, than their current position suggests. And we did it our moments, but ultimately couldn't quite capitalise upon them. So Wrexham went with the same team, unsurprisingly, after last Tuesday's five-star performance against Dagenham and Redbridge. I think the background of the game for Southend was interesting, though, because they had a 3-2 loss at Chesterfield. They were winning 2-1, and one might therefore think that's a, a good performance, but their manager, Kevin Maher, absolutely tore into them. He was furious because they were against 10 men when they went 2-1 up, and they failed to close it out. Now, OK, fair enough. He very publicly criticised his players, my inclination is to say they went to Chesterfield and took control of the game, and it's a shame that they threw it away. However, his comments on his players' character uh, probably had an impact on this game, because they would have been given a hard time for the three days between the two matches, and they came out full of energy and sustained that energy and should be applauded for that. Three changes in their team from the side that lost at Chesterfield, including Jake Hyde, the ex-Rexham player, coming in. One of the players missing out was Callum Powell, the ex-Rexham player. And Hyde did a decent job up front. Uh, I say ex-Rexham player, of course, he's on loan from us. And as we'll see in a bit, he was involved in the major incident of the match, rather ironically. But Wrexham weathered the storm early on. Southport full of energy, trying to turn Wrexham's defence. Wrexham stood firm and... As the ball was in midfield, struggled to, to, to build up simply because Southend's energy was so good. Their pressing was good. They looked organised off the ball. And Wrexham had to really work hard to try and fashion situations. But Anthony Ford was finding space down the right-hand side and was starting to cause problems. And he went close with the first chance of the match. It was a lovely move as well, where the ball was played down the left-hand side. Excellent ball by Jacob Mondi. Mullen sprinted down the flank stood the ball up to the far post where Ford was unmarked at the edge of the area and he brought the ball down nicely, smashed the shot on target, which was well blocked. It would have been a fine goal if Ford had been able to find the target. And it continues to be Wrexham, even though Southend are probably having more pressure, who were the ones who were carving out opportunities. Palmer picking the ball up in midfield and squaring it onto Jordan Davis, who carried it to within 25 yards of goal and then hit a typical shot across the keeper, which just scraped the foot of the right-hand post as it went wide. Wrexham adamant, possibly with some justification, that the keeper diving at full stretch had actually got his fingertips to it. Southend's first opportunity came partway, uh, about halfway through the first half, and it wasn't that much of a fright for Wrexham, but Dan Mooney was looking very, very lively, playing off two target men in Dakers and Hyde. He did really well in midfield to turn between Davis and Luke Young and carried the ball to the edge of the area, but his 20-yard shot was always going wide of the right post. And Wrexham responded soon afterwards with our best moment of the match. Howard hitting a long ball forwards towards the edge of the area. Two defenders getting under it, but getting in each other's way. It rebounded off one of their backs to Palmer, who brought it down nicely and from the edge of the area, lashed a terrific shot, which looked destined for the top left corner. But 
Indeed, the goalkeeper made a brilliant acrobatic save, slinging his right hand up and tipping it over the bar. A fabulous piece of goalkeeping to deny an excellent piece of play by Ollie Palmer. Southend finished a half the stronger. Scott Morris, the right wing-back, managed to get on the end of a Mooney corner and flick a header over from eight yards out. And ten minutes before the break came a real let-off for Wrexham. Mooney receiving the ball on the right hand, uh, left-hand side on the goal line, brilliantly turned Davis and pulled the ball back. Jake Hyde on the edge of the six-yard box took an air shot when he had a great chance to score. The ball took a tiny deflection off a south end man, which might have been important because it fell for Dakers, who had a glorious chance about eight yards out, and he smashed it straight at Howard, did that little deflection, just take the ball slightly away from where he wanted it to be. Wrexham certainly were very, very lucky that he didn't capitalise. So, level at the break. Southend a better side, but not really until that moment carving out good chances. The second half continues in a similar vein, in all honesty, but then on the hour mark, Southend started to carve out good chances. Scott Morris playing it down the line for Hussein, who was a really good player in midfield. Clueth got across to it, but stretching to control it outside of his foot made a rare error, and it bounced off him to Hussein, who pulled the ball in towards Hyde. Hyde tried to shoot first time just outside the six-yard box and met it exactly on the half volley and jammed the ball under his foot. But as the ball trickled across the six-yard box, he reacted quickly. Luckily for Wrexham, Hayden did too, so that Hyde had to take a snapshot on the stretch as he slid in to try and reach it. But Hyde did get that shot in, put it into the bottom left corner where Howard did well to dive down low and push the ball around the post. The big incident I referred to before came in the 66th minute, and it was massive. Again, Hussein involved, pulling a cross in to the far post. Ralph, the left wing back, coming back from a more advanced position, stretching away from goal, managed to hook the ball square to Hyde, who finished excellently from six yards out, to apparently give Southend the lead. Hyde went off in an elaborate celebration, saluting his fans... He'd scored against a team he was on loan from. Wrexham were furious, though. The referee went across to the linesman, and ultimately the flag went up and the goal was disallowed. And uh, it's still not completely clear why. Having, at the time, watching it, I must be honest, and there are pictures on the so- social media suggesting this is the case, I wondered whether Ralph had handled it. It was an awkward piece of play by him. He did very well to keep the move alive, but it was an awkward and orthodox piece of play, stretching away from goal and just about managing to hook the ball backwards. His arm was up as he did it, and I wondered whether he the ball might have hit the ground, come up and hit his hand on the way through to Hyde. Not sure about that. I assumed Ralph, as he was running backwards, was coming back from an offside position. I'm not convinced he was, having looked at the footage again, but I think Jake Hyde was. So Hyde, who, as we all know from Wembley, indeed, from all of last season, he likes to lurk just offside or right on the borderlines and, well, firstly, see whether he ends up being onside or secondly, as did happen at Wembley, with one of the chances he missed at the end of the game, whether the linesman just misses it because it's a tight call. So I think he was lurking offside in the goal mouth and when the ball came to him, he hit it. Quite why the linesman didn't put his flag up straight away is a mystery to me. Maybe he couldn't tell whether the ball had come off a Wrexham defender or Ralph when it fell too high. But anyway, after a conference between the referee and the linesman, it was disallowed and that was that. Wrexham 
had a huge, huge let-off. He responded almost immediately by bringing Elliot Lee on for James Jones, and that had probably predictable consequences in that Wrexham started looking sharper going forwards because Lee was floating about and finding space and starting to threaten, but also perhaps it meant we were a little more vulnerable to the counter-attack. The first moments of danger on either end, though, came from a set piece. Again, Mooney sweeping the ball in, Wapata at the far post, putting a looping header over Howard. Luckily for Wrexham, Luke Young had stayed on his station at the near post, and when the ball came in, he was able to stoop and head the ball off the line. There was a dramatic end-to-end incident as well, when Mullen received the ball from Mondi in the box back to goal, trying to juggle it around, and then he and a number of Wrexham teammates just stopped because they thought there'd been a handball by a defender. I've looked back at it, and it's not convincing that it's a handball, although I've got to say it's one of those where everyone jumps for it simultaneously and spontaneously, which makes you wonder. Usually that sort of reaction is when there is a handball, but it's not apparent to me. I've got to be honest, having isolated the incident and slowed it down on the footage. Anyway, Southend ignored the shouts, broke away, and worked immediately a two-on-one break. Jordan Davis did really well to come back and make it two-on-two so that Mooney couldn't carry the ball into the box himself. But with the outside of his foot, he he swept a lovely-looking ball to the far post. Ben Tozer did brilliantly to lunge in towards his own goal and hook it behind for a corner. Wrexham had a, another let-off a couple of minutes later. The right wing-back, Scott Morris, ripping in across for the left wing-back, Ralph, who headed the ball off target, and he really should have done better, uh, before Wrexham had one last opportunity. Toza with a long throw in, Hayden rising six yards up and flicking a great header towards goal, but Undee stretched a full length and managed to catch it above his head. If he'd been a foot, a step out of position. If he'd taken a step closer, then he wouldn't have had a chance with this. But as he was in position, he did well to get up and grab hold of it. In added time, Southend pushed once more. Another breakaway after Elliot Lee lost the ball. Five on four in the Southend's favour. Substitute Christopher Ray driving down the left channel. Hits a shot from the edge of the area, which looked like it was going to trouble Howard. Toza managed to get a deflection on it and send it wide for the corner. That corner led to a lot of pressure in the box. Clueth Young doing brilliantly battling on the right side of the box to stop Southend from getting a ball in. At one point, Bridge, the Southend substitute, went down in the box under Young's challenge. To be fair, he didn't ask for a penalty, though. Clueth and Young did well but ultimately they did work the extra man and bridge ripped in across to the far post and Hayden did really well in the six yard box diving towards his own goal to head it behind so Wrexham did ride our luck the disallowed goal was a big call we had a couple of good chances that one from Ralph the close range header Uh, but on the whole I would say Wrexham defended well didn't get ourselves going well enough going forwards but Southend did very well, I thought. Their pressing, their energy was maintained throughout the match. There were times when Wrexham were getting the ball out wide and Southend centre mids were coming out to help and double up and you wondered if we could be a bit crisper working the ball inside and taking advantage of the space that we created by that shift across the pitch. But we weren't really able to do so on a consistent basis and ultimately, I think, yeah, a clean sheet and away point against a decent team. I think you take that. Especially as the rest of the top five all drop points, by the way. Notts County's 3-1 loss at Dorking, I think, puts our 5-0 stroll there into real perspective. But it was a, a, a fighting performance. Looking through the individuals, Howard did well. Uh, rock solid. Couple of good saves as well. Across the back, 
Kluwerth made that mistake, which led to a, a real chance. But again, beyond that, he was strong and comfortable and was our most likely player going forwards. He was the one who was able to exploit that space in the middle of the pitch, and he drove forwards a pretty good effect. Toza continued his good form. He was rock solid in the middle. Terrific interception he made near the end when that dangerous cross from Mooney came in. But yeah, Toza again was very strong. Hayden seemed to tire a little bit at the end, but put in, a, a, again, a good, strong, aggressive performance. The wing-backs, I thought Ford did well, he was lively, he was off an hour out ball, he did some good defensive work as well, and so I think he should be pleased with himself, and Mundy continues to look very good, he was aggressive, won a lot of balls in the air when we were going forwards, he could become a little bit of a, an interesting weapon in that respect, how I didn't diagonals for him, and he again was solid defensively. In the centre of midfield, Luke Young was my man of the match, but he was a little bit deeper than you want him to be. We didn't see much of that box-to-box -box energy. What we did see was a lot of really good defensive midfielder work, intercepting, tackling, putting in an excellent shift in front of his back three. Uh, so Young, I thought, did very well and was very tidy on the ball. Davis was in and out of it, had a couple of good moments, didn't consistently influence the game. And, and James Jones, again, good energy, but his passing was a little bit off. And he was hooked for Elliot Lee, who looked very threatening, popped up between the lines, got some exciting little runs and passes, but ultimately couldn't carve out anything in consequence. Up front, again, the strikers look good. Mullen didn't get that much to work with, but he's buzzing around and looking threatening and dropping off and playing neat little passes. But it, like it has been in a, a couple of away games already this season, maybe not enough pressure by us to really feed him and Palmer. Alongside him, of course, is in fine form. Had that great shot from the edge of the area. Occupied the centre-backs, worked very hard and played some good balls forwards himself. But the two strikers, again, suffering maybe from a little lack of sustained pressure that they could capitalise from. So, disappointing in that it wasn't the fluid performance we've seen the last couple of games. But still, I would say a good point in front of a brilliant away crowd of over 600. Um, I reckon, yeah. That, that's a decent point at the end of the season. We remain in second place within reach of Chesterfield, who went close to losing yesterday. And things continue, I think, to be pretty much on course. Remember, the highlights will be out at midnight on Sunday night, Monday morning, British time. I like having to say British time now. And then we go again next Saturday, full commentary on Wrexham Player of Torquay United. Please, please, folks, leave reviews, give us ratings, get us up those charts. Do us a favour, and then we'll do even more for you. That's an empty promise. We'll carry on doing exactly the same amount. No idea why I finished a podcast like that, but hey, that's football. I don't know why I said that either, in all honesty. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.